Welcome to the Ignatius Press Podcast. I'm Mark Brumley. I hope you enjoy the discussion in this episode. For more information about Ignatius Press, check out our website at ignatius.com. Good afternoon. Welcome. My name is Rose Trabick, and I'm the publicist for Ignatius Press. I am joined today by the lovely Vivian Dudrow, one of our senior editors here at Ignatius Press. We're going to be talking about summer reading for children. And I'm just so excited to have Vivian here. Not only, as I mentioned, she is one of our editors, but she's also a mother of four adult children. And as we were just saying, she survived, has come out the other side raising children. And she's also a grandmother. So just a tremendous wealth of information for us here. So welcome, Vivian. Thank you, Rose. Glad to be here. Yes. And um, we were talking a whole bunch before the, the interview. I have a huge stack of books, so we'll see what we can get through today and what Vivian has to share with us. But um, I just wanted to start off by um, talking about this book right here, The Read Aloud Family by Sarah McKenzie. We just picked it up for distribution here at Ignatius Press, so we will drop the link below. But it's all about reading aloud. And I just think that is so important. Um, wouldn't you agree, Vivian? I know you agree. <laughs> I totally agree. The best way for children to increase their language skills at an early age is for you to read to them aloud. No question. Their vocabulary, their concentration, their comprehension, their ability to make connections, all of these things blossom when children hear stories read to them aloud. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And I definitely found that to be uh, my experience, too. Um, the thing that I loved about this book, The Read Aloud Family, is it was very practical. It gave a lot of practical um, tips about reading aloud. And I know we probably will all agree that it's a great thing to do, but sometimes it feels a little overwhelming, right? Um, and all of the books we're going to share today are great for reading aloud. Um, and one of the things that I read in this book that I found so convicting was that if you just read to your kids for just 10 minutes a day, in the course of a year, that's 60 hours of reading aloud to them. I mean, I can do that, right? <laughs> so that was very inspiring. And um, there's also a lot of practical tips about how to do this. And we were speaking of this before, Vivian. One of the suggestions that you gave that's also in this book is about giving your kids something to do while you're reading to them. Can you talk about that? Uh, yes, uh, some children uh, pay attention better if their hands are occupied doing something else. And so we never, uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say we never. I started out thinking they weren't paying attention, but <laughs> no, it turns out that uh, our sons, if they were playing with Legos or or uh, or building a model or something like this while we were reading, uh, they were definitely paying attention. And, um, you know, girls can be, you know, playing with their dolls or learning uh, if the ones that are so inclined, you know, learning to knit and crochet and all these things. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hate to be, you know, so gender binary, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, fine, let the boys knit. That's okay. Yes. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it can be helpful, actually, if they have handwork to do. Not all children, but, but some for sure. Definitely. And I also found Play-Doh is just magical. Play-Doh, 
It's a great fit. So, um, and then also um, another thing that Sarah talks about in the book is the using audiobooks, which we've been doing a lot in our family. Um, can you just speak a little bit about, you know, some people think audiobooks might be like cheating <laughs> and that you're oh, not no. really reading to them, but definitely not true, right? Well, first I mean, of all, there are some instances where audiobooks are the way to go. For example, mm -hmm. long car trips with lots of children in the car. Mm -hmm. uh, audiobooks are just fantastic for this. And our children love those and uh, definitely help to uh, uh, break the tedium of long drives. And then, and then there's children with learning problems, okay? Uh, a real learning, you know, diagnosable learning problems. And I know of one mother who, who um, put the audiobook on the headset for the child and put the printed book in front of the child and that helped that child learn to read. Wow. And so, so audiobooks, and then, you know, just a busy mom, uh, you know, you, maybe you're cooking dinner or something, and, and, but the children are eager to hear a story. Now, I will say that there's nothing to replace that physical contact of the child with you. The little one's wiggling mm -hmm. in your lap, the bigger one's on the floor playing with or whatever, and you're reading aloud. I mean, this time of intimacy together is so precious. And I can assure you, now that my children are grown and gone and we're empty nesters, those precious times together, I... Those are some of the happiest moments of my life. Well, that that's so inspiring. And um, I hope everyone is inspired to read aloud to your kids. And um, and I know, again, the books that we're going to talk about, this this book does have a great book list. Um, and we're going to talk about another book next that has a great book list. But, um, but all of the books we're going to talk about, either Vivian or I have read, we highly recommend them. And we know that, as I always say, it's one thing to get a book from the library or borrow it from a friend. But when you buy a book and you invite it to live in your house, <laughs> um, you want to make sure that it's a high quality book, a book that's going to be able to be read by multiple children over and over again. And all the books we're going to talk about are like that. Um, mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree with that, Vivian? <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. Our children not only read all through the same sets of books, but many of them read them multiple times. And mm -hmm. many of them have a lifelong love of reading still books for children. And, right, right, and so, right, sure. uh, and I love reading books for children too. I, uh, the best children's books are books that adults also love. I absolutely agree with that. And again, if you're going to invite it to live in your house, um, you want to make sure you like it too, because chances are you'll be reading it out loud, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so speaking of book lists and great books for um, reading and resources, we have this book that just came out before Austin comes Aesop by Sherry Blomquist. And I know you're going to be doing a Facebook live with her next week, but I just wanted to quickly mention this book. If you could tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, that's good to give this book a little shout out. Uh, but tune in next week if you want to find out more. Um, the author uh, used to be a bookseller, actually, and she's a teacher. And so she's basically put together the look, the, the, the best chronological order list of books for children uh, since the beginning of books or the beginning wow. of stories, the beginning of storytelling being put into a printed format. And so she starts, you know, with the Bible and Aesop and all these things and comes all the way up to the 20th century. And these books, however, are not religious books. These are, all well, the Bible certainly is, however, her focus is not on religious books as such. Her focus is on books that have been considered great and have passed the test of time, award winners, 
books that used to be in libraries and schools and so on. And it's very helpful because she gives descriptions of some of the books. And now some of the books that we're seeing that are now troubling or you don't know, and but, they, but your children are going to encounter them either through peers or at school or whatever. She has very helpful descriptions that help parents with discernment as to mm -hmm. what books are appropriate for their kids at what ages, or maybe not appropriate at all. She kind of leaves it up to you. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I'm definitely going to tune into that interview. And I haven't actually read it yet, but it's on my list of summer reading. So um, I think that's just a fantastic resource. Again, holding up the book again before Austin comes ESOP and we'll drop the link below so that people can check that one out too. Um, so moving along to some Ignatius Press titles that we think are amazing for summer reading and also for reading out loud, I wanted to talk about the vision books. Can you tell us about the vision books? Yes, the vision books uh, Ignatius Press started bringing out into print years ago. They, they were done by a secular publisher and went out of print. They're books about saints or other heroic people, mostly saints though. And uh, there's about 35 of them in our collection. They're all fantastic. Uh, and we're now adding new titles to this series. We're calling them new vision books. Mm -hmm. And we've already brought, uh, we've already published one on uh, San Jose, the uh, Cristero uh, saint. Uh, also um, Louis and Zelie, the parents of, of St. Therese. Uh, and then in the fall, we're coming out with Maria von Tropp uh, and we will be continuing to expand these books. Uh, great for summer reading, uh, great for kids from nine years old or early readers, you know, kids who are already seven, eight reading well, all the way up until high school, believe me. Uh, these are just. And you said, I mean, I enjoy reading them. <laughs> so I think that I learned so much um, in the last few that we published that I helped on. And they're just so great. I have a whole stack of them here. I just want to show, you know, they're they're just very pretty too. I just love them. Um, so yeah, the covers are all lovely. And of course, it's Ignatius Press, A1 printing quality, sewn yes. uh, signatures and beautiful covers and high quality yes. paper. These are books great. made to last, by the way. Great. You're not going to have pages falling out after the yes. second kid reads it. Yes. And I was really interested um, when I learned that the, some of the ones that, as you mentioned, we were going to be publishing were not, you know, we have a lot about saints, over 30 about the lives of different saints, but that some of them were famous Catholics um, or people that have lived heroic lives, which I thought was also really great because I think as a parent, um, obviously we're teaching virtue to our children, hopefully every day um, through our teaching and through our example, but to give them stories about people that have lived heroic lives, saintly lives, I think that's, it's so much, it's just such a great reinforcement for what you're already teaching them at home. That's right. We even have one about a non-Catholic, Florence Nightingale, you know, the mother of, of modern <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, an incredible woman. And by the way, these are told in a narrative style, like a story, mm -hmm. you know, there's dialogue. And so there's been some creative license uh, mm -hmm. that's been taken with these stories to provide uh, things like that. But they're, they, the people who write them, you know, study uh, the biographical material and do a really good job. And there are multiple authors as well. So mm -hmm. um, some of them award-winning authors back in the day. Yeah, I, I also do love, um, and when you mentioned creative license, it is so interesting because some of these books, it talks about maybe what it, the creative license might be a person, a fictional person, that as if they knew the saints, 
and how that saint impacted their life um, or, you know, the family members, something. So it, it's all in the context of presenting the life of the sa- lives of the saints, but like you said, in a very easy to read narrative style that makes it very engaging for kids. It's not yes. a dry saints biography. It's an exciting and interesting um, retelling of their life. Yes. Yes. And so I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, I think I had shared with you, I actually grew up reading these as a kid. Um, and now it's, it's just such a great joy to be working for Ignatius Press and helping to share these with new readers. So very, very exciting. Um, so we're going to drop the link below with um, all the titles of the vision books. And we hope that you check those out. And I'm going to move right along to um, some of our new children's books with our partnership with Magnificat. Um, probably a lot of people have seen that we publish these Magnificat books, a lot of picture books. We have a couple chapter books. And we just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the new titles. Um, so I think the first up would be um, the In the Shadows of Rome series, which are chapter books. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Vivian? They're novels <laughs> set in uh, early uh, Christian times in Rome under the Emperor Diocletian. There's a persecution going on. The main characters are not Christians. Uh, they're, they're pagan boys. And there's also in one of the first ones, there's also a girl. Um, and uh, they go through all these adventures, uh, you know, things that kids are going to love, you know, pirates and and gladiators and, uh, you know, uh, crime mysteries and these kinds of things going on in their lives. Um, and uh, but they encounter Christians in the stories. And now this this new uh, a witness is breaking into the pagan world and making an impact on people and causing them to think about life. And, and uh, that's what's powerful about it is that the, the stories that revolve around the escapades of these kids, but this Christian witness is, is present and, and, and growing in their lives. And so that's a very clever way, I think, of presenting the gospel. Absolutely. And the thing that I love about these books is that they're not overly preachy. Not um, at all. Um, and you could even give it to someone who's maybe, you know, not Catholic or not Christian. I think they would enjoy it. Um, and I, I know that my kids have really liked them a lot. We actually had a group of kids, um, a teacher actually contact us from a, a Catholic school where they read it in the school. And um, we oh. did a live interview with the author, Sophie de Mullenheim, who's from France, that we should link to that below also um, if people want to learn more and hear from the author. And in that interview, we actually took questions from some of the kids uh, that they had sent in. So that definitely highly recommend this series for summer reading. I'll hold up the two books again. The first two in the series, The Phantom of the Colosseum, and the next one is called A Lion for the Emperor. And I believe there are six books total, um, and we have the third one coming out in the fall. Is that right? Yes, The Mysterious Goblet is coming out in the fall. Yeah, so the great great news is this is a series. So if you like it, you can get the whole series and and follow them all the way through the end of their adventures. And um, Sophie might even write more in the future. (laughs) So I know she had just done number six. So um, that's definitely a very exciting series. Um, Mm -hmm. The other books that actually you had suggested us us mentioning, Vivian, are these Lupio comic books. Or I'm sorry, what do we call them now? there's another word for that. Graphic novels as well. Graphic novels, that's right. <laughs> so can well, you tell these, us a little bit? 
These are fantastic. And, uh, you know, some children don't have the reading skills or the attention span or whatever to get through a whole chapter book. Mm-hmm. But these, and, and even if they can, my kids loved uh, comic books growing up, yes. European ones especially. Uh, and and these are from France also. Uh, the author is a, is a father of four, a deacon, and he does the writing and the illustrating. Lupio is an orphan in in uh, in Italy during the time of Saint Francis of Assisi, and he has all kinds of adventures that you that you associate with the Middle Ages. Uh, you know, uh, uh, he's a troubadour, and and he runs into uh, the thieves, and there's a tournament, and there's castles, and there's uh monks too and um and and so it's just they're just charming delightful stories and the more people hear about them the more positive feedback we have been getting that their kids love these they're gobbling them up please print more we've printed five so far and we have a sixth one coming out in the fall that's great and we'll also again drop the link down below in the comments if you want to check those out i know that actually these have been so popular that we actually sold out of a couple of them they will be coming back into print in the fall, but they can be read separately. They don't need to be read necessarily in order. So you could even, I, I believe it's the first two that are out, if I'm correct. But, yes, um, you can you can read them in any order. And sometimes there's references to previous volumes, but there'll be like a note, you know, see that story here or there or whatever. But you really can pick up anywhere. Uh, and uh, they're, yeah, they're really great. I love them. We, we have we're huge fans here. In fact, my kids were asking me, when is the new Lupio book coming out? Um, and when it arrived, um, unfortunately, there was some fighting over it. <laughs> so who got to read it first? So um, definitely check those out. And speaking of fighting, I wanted to pull up this book next. This is a great new book on anger that we have. I, I just love this book so much, Vivian. Um, can you tell us about this book in the series? Yes, it's part of a series called How to Handle Your Emotions series. Mm-hmm. Book, anger, three uh, stories about overcoming anger. Uh, no, not overcoming, channeling, channeling mm-hmm. anger. Because as the authors point out, anger is neither bad nor good in and of itself. It's what you do about it that matters. And it, and it can be a tremendous source of energy for doing good if it's channeled in the right direction. And so what the authors do is tell three different stories of children experiencing this very strong emotion and maybe not responding to it that well at first, but being guided wisely into what to do about that anger. And the stories are are very kid-friendly and very down-to-earth, real-life kinds of things children experience. But then there's also, uh, in the back, there's also pages for parents you know, explaining the story to the parents and why these tools for handling emotions are so important to teach children. Yeah, I, I think one of the things I'm just going to show too, at, after, in the back, um, hopefully you can see here, there's this map that's about how to, um, it's called the pathway through emotions. And it's about, literally, it's a map on how to work through your feelings, particularly because this book is about anger. It talks about that. But I just thought that was so brilliant to actually give that visual guide to a child and something that you can look not only can they read it on their own but then you can sit down with them and go through it when they're not angry and talk about how to work through those feelings um 
And just, it's very practical. It talks about like, you know, when you get angry, you you first might feel your heart racing, or you might want to scream or shout, or you might want to throw something. And that, that is just a feeling that has to be worked through. Um, It's what you do with that feeling and then how to channel that in a healthy way. I I just thought this book was so brilliant and so helpful. It is brilliant. And there's more coming. The next one will be on fear. Uh, That's coming out in the fall. And uh, yes, there's one on on joy and one on um, sadness. Sadness. Sadness, So we're going to be printing all of those. And uh, the the authors really know their, their authors really know what they're talking about too. They're educators, counselors, uh, mothers. Um, It's really well done. Very well I think, done. I think this series is, is just going to be very helpful to parents because, again, we all, all of our kids experience these emotions. We experience these emotions. I mean, I was reading it to my children. I said, wow, I think this might be helpful for an adult. I'm not going to say what adult in the family <laughs> might need help with this topic. Right. But, um, you know, as a mom, definitely, you know, the, there you have the feeling of anger sometimes. And how do you handle that? So how it's great to have it? that, that conversation. Um, with the kids. So big fan here of that series. Um, and I know I just wanted to move right along since I, we're going to try to keep this under 30 minutes here to our Bethlehem books. Um, I have, I just pulled out a stack of Bethlehem books here um, that you can see <laughs> from our shelf. And I just wanted to ask you to tell us a little bit more about Bethlehem Books. We've been partnering with Bethlehem Books for a long time since their very first book. Uh, They specialize in bringing back into print, out of print classic children's literature. And it's not necessarily Catholic or religious or anything. It's it's just great stories uh, about usually young people. And these were books that won awards, that were in libraries, that were in schools, and then just you know, weren't fashionable and 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 uh, were discarded, or sometimes ideological reasons were why they were discarded. Like, well, that family's got five children; we can't have anybody like that, you know. And so these these um, the Bethlehem Books people they have been scooping these up and bringing them back into print. Our children loved them, and they have way more titles now than than they did when our kids were young. Uh, and I'm just going to shout out, uh, give a shout out for a couple of the authors that are real favorites of my whole family. Hilda von Stockham, uh, she wrote uh, The Winged Watchman, set in Nazi-occupied Holland. She was Dutch. Um, the Borrowed House, also set in Nazi-occupied Holland. Um, Andres, the, uh, another char- a very charming story, just children being children. Then she wrote two series, the Bantry uh, Cottage of Bantry Bay series, which is set in Ireland. The author, illustrator, she was both. Uh, she uh, lived in Ireland for a time. And uh, those are just three delightful stories about children, you know, kind of growing up barefoot in the little cottages in Ireland. Um, and then she's got the Mitchells, which is a U.S. family during World War II. Uh, she lived for a time in U.S. and Canada. So you can tell she's drawing on her experience, right, of, of mm-hmm. uh, her own childhood, uh, her own experience with her own family. She's got a lot of sensitivity and understanding as to what family life is like. It's very mm-hmm. down-to-earth and fun uh, stories that she tells, even in the midst of great 
uh, challenge and sorrow and so on. She handles it just so well. And she was award-winning. She was published by Viking. And then, you know, in some time in the late 60s, her books just disappeared off of library shelves. Uh, but Bethlehem has brought them back. Okay, another author, Alan French. He was early 20th century American historian who wrote historical fiction, Rolf and the Viking Bow, The Red Keep, and others. Uh, our boys just gobbled up these stories. Um, uh, Mariel Trevor, who was mm -hmm. the biographer of, of St. Uh, John Henry Newman, Cardinal Newman. Um, Bethlehem puts out her Letzenstein Chronicles, a great summer read because there's like four or five of them in the series. They're set in the 1800s during kind of the revolutionary uh, feeling sweeping through Europe, Central Europe at this time. And the kids are all caught up in this. If you love historical fiction, um, Ignatius Press has published two Mariel Trevor novels, Shadows and Images and Lights in a Dark Town, both about Cardinal Newman and Shadows and Images, I would consider that she wrote that for adults and certainly it could be adult fiction. Lights in a Dark Town, also about Newman, she wrote for younger children. And those are both Ignatius Press. Um, back to Bethlehem Books, another author worth mentioning, especially for young adult girls, Regina Doman's novels. Did you ever see those, Rose? Um, I don't think we have those. What are, what are the titles? Red and Snow White, and then Black mm -hmm. as Night. And it's set in, Regina Doman is a living contemporary author. They're set in current times, and these teenage girls, she basically is retelling fairy tales in a contemporary context. Oh, teenage, I love that. <laughs> teenage girls being her heroines. Right. And, uh, and those are published by uh, Ignatius. I mean, not Ignatius, by Bethlehem. And I could go on and on and on. You just need to go to their website. The other great thing about Bethlehem Books, and some of them are on our website as well, but they mm -hmm. under Bethlehem Books. You're just going to have to go to Children's Books. And you'll find some of the authors. Madeline Pollard, I think we carry her Bjorn the Proud, upset in Viking times. Madeline Pollard wrote dozens of titles of historical fiction for young people. Um, yeah. I could go on and on and on. And the other great thing about Bethlehem Books, a number of their titles are on audio. And so mm -hmm. back to that, you're in the car, you're on a long car trip, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're just too busy to sit down and read, but you want kids to have some of that quality time with a good story. Audio books are great for this. Absolutely. Um, and, and we'll drop the link below to our website for some of the Bethlehem titles, but also you can go to Bethlehem Books website. I actually um, requested a catalog from them and it came in and my, again, we know all these books are high quality books. They're safe. They're, they have longevity. <laughs> um, they're going to be able to be reread over and over again by your children. And I just went through and I was like, everybody pick five out that you think sound interesting. And I mean, how many um, publishers catalogs can you do that with for kids books these days? You, you That's have to exactly be right. And you know, so, people hear Bethlehem books, and they know they're partners, and they may or may not know they're partners with Ignatius, but they think, oh, religious books. No, no, no. This is classic children's fiction. And right. it's astonishing how many people do not know that they're out right. there. Right. And you had mentioned, um, you know, that it's so great, if a good children's book that an adult can enjoy as well. Mm -hmm. I haven't read all of these. Uh, my kids have. Um, but um, I've, I've trusted Bethlehem Books enough to buy them um, on your recommendation and 
knowing about them, but I actually did just read The Winged Watchman. That's the first one I've read myself. And I was just, it was gripping. It was so engaging and so great. Um, I just enjoyed it so much. And it was just very inspiring. It's really the type of books I want my kids reading that I want exactly. to read. Because the, what's great about The Winged Watchman, and this <clears throat> I think is characteristic of all the books that Bethlehem does, you know, these are ordinary people caught up in something extraordinary. World, the Nazis are occupying Holland. These are keepers of a, of a, of a windmill. The family lives in the windmill. And, and somehow, you know, all these opportunities for doing good, even if it requires a bit of heroism, present themselves to this family. And now they have to decide, even though this is a risk to me to do this good thing, am I going to do it or not? And so this, this, this prepares, this gives uh, an example to a child of exactly the kind of circumstance, maybe not during a war, where doing the right thing that you know is right and good might be hard to do. Mm. But it's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing to do. You will be glad you did. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I was just so impressed by by that book, and I I can't. I'm going to dive into these this summer. I mean, because for an adult, it's an easy read, <laughs> so it's nice to kind of relax at the end of the day with a good children's book. Sometime, um, I know we're almost out of time, but I just wanted to give a quick shout out um, for summer reading to some of the books that are published by our partner Augustine Institute. Um, I know Vivian hasn't read these yet, but I just got these. Um, for my daughter's birthday, and I just wanted to show them real quick. This is the Virtues Chronicles, or the Virtue Chronicles, and they're by Paul McCusker. I had a chance to read the first one, um, so I'll just talk about them quickly. But um, these are great books for kids that love fantasy, which sometimes can be a tricky genre. Um, this is about um, two kids that travel back into time. Um, and in this one, they go back into Robin Hood's time and they get to be a part of his adventures. And um, I thought it was a great book. There, a lot of adventure, a lot of action. Um, again, not too preachy, but also had Catholic themes to it. So I, we're going to drop these below. We also distribute them um, in our catalog and on our website. So we'll drop those links. And then um, the next one, The Warrior Maiden. And then there's also one called The Hidden Heroes. So I think these are great options and they're pretty thick. If you have a reader that likes fantasy that you want to keep engaged for a while, I'd recommend those. And then for the younger grades, they have these cute um, little chapter books that are kind of, I would say, like at the boxcar children reading level. Um, there are six of them and they're the Nick and Sam books. So we will also drop those below. Um, Nick and Sam are actually the younger twin brother and sister of the characters in the, the Virtue Chronicles. And this is about their ordinary daily adventures they have actually in um, Colorado. <laughs> so they're really cute. And um, I read the first one. Um, I thought it was really well done. And I'm going to give the next five in the series to my kids this summer to read. So I'll have to check back and see how those go. But I think they'll really like them. They did like the first one. And then um, you had mentioned audiobooks, And I know that a lot of the Bethlehem books you had mentioned are on audio um, and then the Augustine Institute also has these radio theater dramas. Um, so these are amazing. I've listened oh. to parts of them. The first one is about Robin Hood. And then there's one about St. Patrick. And we also distribute the, these. Um, they are CDs. 
So, I mean, they're really, actually, I'll just open one up real quick. There's a whole little set of CDs. So I thought for car rides, we are going to listen to this um, in the car this summer <laughs> on our road trip. And for car trips, I tend to like physical CDs, so I don't have to worry about Wi-Fi. Um, so, and they're also available on Formed. So if you have a form subscription or your parish does, you can listen to them on Formed. But we we do sell those, so we'll include the links below. And um, they have famous actors. There's music. People actually um, play the characters. They're really, really well done. And um, just wanted to give a plug for those, too. They sound great. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm so glad to know that, uh, you know, what we're seeing now uh, is a, a rebirth, if you will, of, of, of talent writing uh, solid stuff for kids. And it's really about time because we kind of went through a dark, despairing era of kids' books. Mm -hmm. And it's so great to see that that's not the last word. Absolutely not. And I think also, too, as Catholics, it's good to know that we need to support these authors and these writers because mm -hmm. um, we, if we want more good quality literature and um audio productions and things like this, we have to support them and spread the word because otherwise, you know, we can't keep on doing them. So I think that, like you said, people want it. Um, we just need to spread the word and let people know that there are great books and audio books for children out there um, and including at Ignatius Press. <laughs> so thank you so much, Vivian. I know we're out of time now, but um, it was just so great to speak to you again. And I hope everyone just go to the comments, check out the links and um, enjoy your summer reading and your summer vacation just around the corner. So thank you so much, Vivian. Thank you, Rose. This podcast has been brought to you by Ignatius Press. We encourage you to check out our books and videos at your local Catholic bookstore or wherever else books and videos are sold. You can also sign up to receive special discounts on books and videos at ignatius.com. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please like the podcast on the website or app from which you listen to it. And please tell your friends about it. I'm Mark Brumley, and on behalf of everyone at Ignatius Press, thanks for listening.